It's the Odd Drunk Podcast, a very strange podcast, the drunkest show in the world. It's Jackson and Colton talking out of their ass. We don't care as long as drinks are poured. Sometimes we have our friends here. We will talk about anything. Anything. We don't care as long as we have beer. And if you let that whiskey ring. Anyways, uh, we're recording now. Oh, yes, I. This meeting is being recording. Yes, recording. <laughs> yes. Anyways, uh, welcome to the Odd Drunk Podcast 2023 Recap New Year's Extravaganza Special Edition Deluxe. Yeah. Episode. It's like a normal episode, but we talk about stuff that happened this year, and honestly, um. <laughs> we're a little burnt out yeah <laughs> i'm a little burnt out time time for a a short break <laughs> <laughs> yeah time for a little break anyways i am excited for this episode it's actually kind of been a while since me and colton have actually talked i think yeah since our last episode which yeah. isn't that long ago but that was a commentary we did a santa claus part two that that um, feels like it feels like long, it's been a long like months ago. That yeah, feels so long. It's been a long, long uh, holiday season. Not a bad one. Yeah, it sure has. Not no, yeah. Um, I just just a lot going um, on between work and family and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's um, it's been busy, <laughs> busy here. Um, me and my partner in crime went to visit her grandparents up in uh, northern Arizona. It was nice. really cold. Um, but we had a good Christmas, um, chopped some wood for her grandparents, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just a good little road trip doing, with some, a lot some of dogs, manly stuff, chopping wood. Yeah. Doing some manual, yeah. Manual labor, some, uh, <laughs> but man, for a good man, cause because manly stuff, chopping wood, they live up there going on road trips on with the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Manly <laughs> stuff with dogs and chopping wood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, they live up there in the Navajo Reservation in Chinle, Arizona, mm-hmm. and um, it can get really fucking chilly up there. It gets really freaking cold. It's, like you wouldn't uh, it was, think it got so. Got down because, like in the twenties. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. Well, there's a misconception but, uh, about the whole state of Arizona, but you can attest to this. The mm-hmm. coldest night I've ever spent camping was in Arizona, the Grand, Northern Rim, the Grand Canyon. You remember? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it gets cold. When you yeah, get up in altitude, and it doesn't matter where you are, it gets cold, right? Yeah, um, yeah it's a great diverse state. Um, <laughs> yeah, and in, in but yeah, high, chopping wood high, because the high desert too; those winds will really get oh, you. Oh yeah, they yeah. go right through you. But yeah, chopping wood because they uh, rely on that. Uh, that's their heat for the winter. Yeah, burning wood. <laughs> so it's important stove. Uh, I love I also... a good wood wood burning stove or. You know. Oh yeah, I love the yeah. smell. I w- I wouldn't want it to be my only heat air. source, um, because I know people right. who it is their only heat source, and I know it can be a pain in the ass sometimes. It is, but it's when it's not a pain in the ass on the nights where it's, you know, or where you have the time to deal with it and all that sort of stuff. They they can be nice. Yeah, that's honest work, and I I like chopping some wood, get some energy out, good workout feel like wolverine out there and then the day after your hands and arms are sore but that's fine yeah uh, 
um also the night before christmas eve i was making cookies i was using your little um puree thingy oh yeah and because i didn't have a mixer and i was like this is taking way too long uh to mix all this dough i was doing it with your puree thingy it was working good and then me being stupid and a little drunk don't tell my mom (laughs) don't listen to this mom um was trying to clean it out quickly right uh-huh. clean the dough out and I actually I didn't detach it and I was oh. trying to be fast and I pressed the button for a second and it shredded my finger for a second Oof. I quickly pulled out got good pull out game on that because if I didn't I would have lost my finger ouch yeah. Um, yeah. but luckily I had to go to the emergency room this <laughs> the night before Christmas Eve, that was a fun time. But luckily, it didn't cut deep enough. It didn't hit any bone. Good. It didn't hit a nerve. I was extremely lucky. There was a lot of blood. And the reason I went, because usually I've been extremely lucky with my previous cuts and injuries in the past where I can take care of it myself, you know. Mm-hmm. I watched it out, watched it with peroxide, bandaged it up, but it just wouldn't stop bleeding yeah. <laughs> like, at all. And it was just a nasty cut. So I had to get three stitches in this finger, and um, I'm due to pull the stitches out probably New Year's Day, actually. It's a good nice. way to start a year. <laughs> start the um, New Year by pulling some stitches out. That's Yeah, right? I feel like that's got to um, be good no, work, really, right? Um, but they did say, hey, it was really good you came here because it could have been infected, you uh, know, yeah. and you could have lost the tip of your finger, but they said, since you came in so fast, uh, you'll be good. It's taken care of. You don't need antibiotics. It's not infected. Good. So that was good. Um, yeah. And that, that, that's kind of how I started my holiday season. Nice. Nice. And yeah, then I recorded a commentary with you. Oh no, that was before that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's good. Nice. Nice. <laughs> it's just, yeah. uh, yeah. I had parents in town. Uh, yeah. How was, uh, how was your dad? How was your mom? It was good. We we went out for some beers, went out for some for some dinner. Uh it was fun. Um nice. they they gave me a cast iron skillet. That's really exciting. That's a great gift, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um and and, and, we a, got, and uh, a pretty nice um chef's knife too. Uh, nice. Was, was, uh, um, um uh both I things, got um uh, I mean, if you would have asked me six years ago, I would not have been so stoked about those. Right. But, but now, I'm like, I can make proper shepherd's well, pie now. <laughs> there you go. So, well, this point in our adult exciting. lives, yeah. you know, it's a common meme for young adults, you know, that, yeah, 10 years ago, we would have hated to get underwear for Christmas. Yeah, now, I literally got underwear and socks for Christmas, and I was so happy because... You know, I've been buying the things I want. Really, the things I want I already have, right? Right. Um, except for the Steam Deck. I'm maybe my tax return, right? Because <laughs> um, I I'm really excited for the new Steam Deck, the OLED edition. Or I it's, hear it's really from nice. what I've heard, yeah. it's not even just like a minor upgrade. I heard it's a pretty significant upgrade, actually. Mm-hmm. They, the they... memory's a little faster. It, yeah, and the screen's not just brighter and nicer looking, but it has a. It can run 90 hertz if you can get a good game running that good, you know. Good yeah, you. yeah, the, they they um, upgraded the battery a little bit too. That's longer I mean, battery life. I mean, I from what I understand, it's not so much of an upgrade that like someone like me who has the previous model be a, deck, I I don't feel the need to upgrade 
or anything like that. But right. If you're going to buy a Steam Deck, yeah, they why, can't would, quite, you buy, they why can't, would you get the old model? Get the OLED. They can't call it the Steam Deck 2. Yeah. You know, it's just an upgraded version. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to get one of those at one point. It's redundant, though. I have a good enough PC setup to last me a couple more years, especially depending on the games I play. Mm-hmm. PS5, got a Switch. I've been playing some cool Switch games. We'll get into that. Um, but before we go on, uh, let's talk about what we're drinking tonight. Yeah. For the rest of this year, actually. This is probably what I'm going to be drinking the rest of the year. <laughs> get it? Because <laughs> there's only like two days left. Yes. So what are you drinking? Uh, I know well, you I've, got some cool stuff. I've, I've got I got two things. So I made I made a drink here. Um, I got some uh some champagne, or I don't think it's not specifically a bubbly, some kind. Um, and I I made like a spritz here with it using some. Um, I have a friend who is a distiller local distiller and he took some of their bourbon and he wow. put some cherries in it in a jar and let them soak and he and he let me take take one of them mm. home and so i took some of the juice the like the cherry soaked bourbon in there and made a spritz with that um and some champagne and then i also have just a little glass of some uh doers um 15 here to sip on nice yeah um i also bought some champagne i just got some uh was it books or brooks uh, cooks i can't no cooks cooks yeah, yeah. uh california champagne I, i'm gonna save it for new year's even mm-hmm. though i work the morning the next day so <laughs> but um still gonna save it for new year's um but i've got some special beer here um from eagle brewery and i found out they're out of the uk somewhere it's imported yeah, they're from the UK. It's a banana bread beer. Ooh. I've seen this before. And I I haven't I, I always look at it and I'm like, that's cool, but it's a four pack for like 15 bucks. It's fancy. Yeah. Pretty yeah. good stuff. Nice. It tastes like you would expect. Um, it's basically a lager, just slightly banana forward. It's good. Nice. Would I get it again? Probably not. Just because it only comes with four pack for that price. But uh, pretty damn good, though. I, I, I'm i not trying to knock it. Like, it's actually really good beer. Just if it came in a six pack for a little bit cheaper or six pack for the same price, honestly, I think that'd be more worth it. Mm-hmm. I, I rarely get four packs anymore. I only get them for the podcast. Yeah. Just yeah, to have same. something new to try. Right? Yeah. Yeah. When, when I... I and honestly, usually when I'm interested in some type of beer that comes in a four pack, I I try to catch it in like when it's if it's been singled out or something like that, you know. Right. Um, just get one. That's good stuff. I also got this is kind of a classic for me at least. Some Kraken. Ah, nice. I got the Arizona edition. Nice, nice. I haven't had Kraken in a long time. I went to a, um, a new liquor store today called Best Liquor. We got good reviews. And I went there. They had a great beer selection. They had all kinds of 
crap beers I've never heard of. They've had a lot of ska there. I came very close to getting ska, but at least I know a place where I can get good ska. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. Um, because, you know, ska is a big enough brewery where you can find it most places, especially in this region of the U.S., western U.S., southwestern. Uh, yeah. You definitely yeah. find I know, it. I know um, you can find ska But not every... Right. Yeah. You, you, but you might not just find it at a, a Kroger's, you know, your average grocery store or something. Right. Yeah. But you still yeah. could. There's a possibility there. They might carry like Mexi lager at least, you know, during the summer and right. maybe. Um, I, I think some of the most common they had the ska lager there. They had pink vapor uh -huh. stew, which I was very close to getting. But I was like, eh, it's a good sour. One. Yeah, not it's a good sour though. It is. Yeah, yeah, it's a good um, sour. Sours are just kind of like you got to be in the mood for them, you know. Right, and I I wasn't quite in the mood, uh. But yeah, it's a good enough beer store. I I think that is a more accurate term. But in nice. terms of liquor, well, for one, and I understand this, they had all because it was like one guy running the store. They had all the liquor behind the counter. That's mm -hmm. fair. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You look, um. Because there's a lot of theft, big city. Um, I, I technically got it in Tempe, which is a college town, so that even makes more sense. Yeah. But their liquor selection was just the most generic, you know. Like, I I, I looked at the rum section, right? Uh -huh. Captain Morgan, Bacardi. Some Admiral Nelson. Admiral Nelson's. <laughs> Nothing in particular special. No plantation. No bamboo. Hell, even Walmart has bamboo <laughs> here. <laughs> but I was like the Kraken, and it's the Arizona edition. And you know what? I actually kind of like the Kraken still, even yeah. from my college days. It's not something I would get all the time, but it's not bad. Going back mm -hmm. to the Kraken now, you know, after the hype has worn off, because I remember when I first got Kraken, I thought it was so cool, right? <laughs> It, you know, it's a spice rum and it's got a Kraken on it and it's a cool bottle, like a pirate bottle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I, I realized there's way better rums out there mm -hmm. for about the same price or a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Um, But for a spice rum, I mean, not bad at all. I mean, spice. I rum will is... still. I, I don't get spice rum that often. Yeah. Uh, spice rum is basically but... just like. It's nice rum. this time of year, but right, it can, it can be nice. It can yeah. be good sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think the best flavor thing I've had this year so far that I would actually get on a maybe not a regular basis, but every once in a while would be. Let Let's do this. Let's do this as part of a segment of this episode. Yeah. What is your standout liquor? otherwise beer or whatever this year that you've had the standout okay um something you would recommend everybody something that uh you would get again that's not just a one-off thing um hmm there's a there's a that's a that's a tough question i've tried a lot of just the first thing off the top of your head it doesn't have to be um that deep I was uh so how about this? Let's What's something gonna, new you tried? I'm gonna right? pull up um You take notes, you gotta pull your notes on it. Well, uh, for me, to avoid dead air while Colton's thinking, 
I think my standout new drink I've tried this year. Um, now with beers, I I would recommend actually, if you're in Arizona or if you're in this region in Southwest where they might have it, I would recommend Santan Brewings from Chandler, Arizona. Their Super Jack or the Juicy Jack, but especially the Super Jack because it's twice the ABV and it tastes as good. It's a good juicy um, IPA. But as far as liquor is concerned, I would actually recommend Screwball. The yeah. peanut butter whiskey. Yeah, It is bar none by far the best flavored liquor I've ever had. Yeah. It still tastes like a whiskey. It's still got bite to it. It's still like over 35% ABV, which is mm-hmm. pretty high for like a more liqueur type thing um and peanut butter and i like peanut butter yeah and it goes it, it's good it, 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 <laughs> i want to get all time like i mean in terms of whiskey i'm pretty damn simple when it comes to whiskey i mean i'll be happy with four roses or maker's mark you know i'm, I'm not fancy in terms of whiskey um so maybe <laughs> if, if you don't quite care i i think you'll like screwball i don't know if you've had it before uh, yeah, I've had Screwball before. Um, what do you think? It's Honest great. Opinion. It's great with uh, stuff like hot chocolate. Put it in some hot chocolate. Uh, it's a. Mm. I, I think it. Yeah, it is a seasonal thing. I mean, they sell it year round, but I, I had it with some apple cider. It's pretty mm-hmm. good with that. Um, so my my uh, yeah, I'd recommend that. I'd say my my standout from this year is. A uh, a relatively new distillery, uh, Bakta, so B H A K T A, and they make um, Armagnac, and they have some bourbon and some rye, um, aged in Armagnac barrels. And mm. now, now they have I, I I've been lucky enough to be able. I have to a Superman it. curly, and I'm trying to nice. I've been lucky enough to be able to try some of their um like very nice like aged ones um last week i had a 1979 um but they make some more affordable mm. uh ones in the hundred dollar the you know the 40 80, years old 80 to 100 dollar range um that are really nice uh them um i got to try this a uh, gin uh, you work at a liquor store, so you get to try a lot of. Yeah, well, th- this one I was really impressed by. It's called Engine, like, like Engine, mm-hmm. and it comes in like a Dooms. motor oil, can like, can tin, I guess. Right. Um, and it's an Italian gin. Um, it's not like a super expensive. It's like thirty. 30 40 bucks something like that um it's but i thought it was cool because it's one that if you were saw saw it on the shelf you might pass it by and not think much of it um but it was actually really good yeah um and then i have to mention because we had it on the podcast this last summer but my i think my standout beer for this year it was the rio lento from four noses the uh, their Mexican lager, um, 
which is nice. I, I think one of the best Mexican lagers on the market. You remember that one? It's the the Mexican lager with oh. lime sea salt. Oh, that one was amazing. And I mm -hmm. yeah, I had it this year. Actually, that would be my standout beer of the well, yeah, it would be. That's... That was the best damn Mexican lager I've ever had. Because so good. it yeah. comes with the lime. You don't have to put it in. Yeah, but it doesn't like <laughs> overdo it on the lime or anything. No, like that. Like, it's there's so, a, it, there's another it has one a little another... bit of a saltiness to it. it yeah. It's yeah, really there's, there's uh some other stuff. breweries that do a similar idea they add they have the lime and uh, salt in the beer uh but some of them don't they overdo it a little bit but four noses i think uh does it just right yeah my mouse i don't know what i did in my mouse but it's like moving slow and i went yeah. to settings but i got a razor mouse so it probably has separate settings <laughs> to make it work right but it's moving slow, and I hate it. Um, anyways, let's get into some of the big stuff, the discussions for this year. Uh, we're mostly going to be talking about movie shows and games. Nothing mm -hmm. serious. You know, uh, if you want to watch news or listen to the news, you go find your platform of choice or whatever. Try not to get political here. We try not to get depressing here. Sometimes it happens. <laughs> There's yeah. only one thing I want to talk about because it is directly related to um, culture. Um, but Jonathan Majors, we've talked mm. about it a while, and I think yeah. I might as well yeah. mention it because we have talked about it, um, whether or not he was going to be um, – his verdict would be guilty or innocent on assault charges, and he was convicted guilty yep. of assault and emotional abuse, uh, well, not emotional abuse, but uh, what, what was his actual verdict? I don't know. Um, I assaulting recall... and harassing his ex girlfriend, uh, uh which, yeah, yeah. he's guilty. I recall he when serves when... it like he's fired, Marvel fired him, they're not yep. playing the game. Where, like, but I recall when the thing when I the respect for Marvel first came out, I recall we talked about it a tiny bit on the podcast. Um, and we tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, like, yeah. Tried to, to be let, like, let me, oh, you let me know, explain myself we here. We heard these um, things, but um, I, we've had so many controversies with celebrities and stuff. I was just hoping that this one, you know, would turn out where it, it was nothing, you know, or he was yeah. innocent, or and not because I care about him in particular, but because his character, I thought he did a good job as king. But at mm -hmm. the same time, that storyline was going nowhere. It was nothing. It was yeah. it, when you have a villain that has infinite variants, there's no stakes to it. Like, yeah, right. Uh, but he did so well and he did good with the character. He was good in Loki, but and he was a great actor in a lot of other things. I love Cap Crunchy was probably the first thing I saw him in. And he's in the new Creed. Mm -hmm. However, I also said, you know, if he's found guilty, then I'm not going to come to his like. Yeah, he's guilty, um, and um, I'm not gonna come to his defense. The justice and system, Marvel. I, I think they were smart. You know, like they didn't fire him or announce anything until his verdict. Mm -hmm. I and you know, I I think a lot of studios jumped the gun, like with Johnny Depp. Disney jumped the gun. You know, then we had the Amber Heard Johnny well, yeah, Depp. You know, trial you know, that was, was this year, right? He was, yeah. You know, well, you um, know uh, the justice system did its job. 
It, yeah. Um, he was given a trial and found guilty. And I'm not saying the justice and system then is Marvel always perfect, him. but I'm inclined to believe that. To I, I would like to believe that it. Got well, it I right. know him and his lawyers presented evidence that irrevocably proved that he was innocent, and the judge was like, "Nah, we're having a real trial." Yeah. Uh, good um, on that judge. Yeah. No, and, um, and, and, and you know, and you know, I'm not saying but the I'm glad... system never gets stuff wrong, but I would rather defend our justice system than defend some actor. So, or a studio. But you yeah. know, I'm glad Marvel. You know, waited until the verdict instead of mm -hmm. just firing the guy, and then oh shit, he's proven innocent now. Oh well, now we got to go back on it. Just wait, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah, he's fired. I. I I've heard rumors that in his contract that only he play Kang, but if he was found guilty in such a you know severe charge, maybe that revokes that. You're right. Honestly, yeah. I think Marvel needs to switch gears and focus on creating just good content, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> just make a movie to be good. It you know you don't worry too much about how it connects to the rest of the universe. Don't make it a cameo porn as James Gunn has put uh, so nicely recently. Uh, he's in charge <laughs> in new DCU. Also, speaking of the DCEU, with their right. last movie, Aquaman 2, I heard it was terrible. It was bad. Big flop. I haven't watched it. <laughs> Nothing against Jason Momoa. It's cool that um, Patrick um, Wilson's in it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and James Wan, you know, I think... I don't think his vision was seen with uh, the second movie because the first one made over a billion dollars and I heard, I still haven't seen it, but, but right. But like what James Gunn said though, uh, so like next year, there's only going to be like one DC movie and it's an Elseworlds thing, the Joker 2, more Jokers, whatever it's called, uh -huh. Lady Gaga. Um, but he said that, you know, it's good that they're going to have this year break, you know, and the next major DC movie we're going to see is his Superman movie. And that's going to be the movie that shows not only can DC continue to make a cinematic universe or whatever, but do we care? Because this year has shown not all of the superhero movies flopped this year. Yeah, there's like been Guardians a, of Galaxy three, that there were some good you know ones. it made back on its budget. It was a good one. It was a legitimately good movie with James Gunn's direction. Cross the Spider Verse was fucking mm -hmm. amazing and made more than its money back. I don't have the numbers, but it was an amazing movie because it had a vision, right? Right. Yeah. And then you look at the ones that failed, the ones that were massive flops. So Ant Man, Quantum Mania, flop, two hundred million dollar flop, right? Mm -hmm. It had no creative vision to it. It was just filmed in the closet, green screen, in the volume, whatever. It just had no... <laughs> no real artistic vision there. And that, that's not me going against the, um, uh, the visual effects uh, editors and uh, designers. You know, they're being pushed to change the costume, you know, the character's costume with a week's notice, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's that people appreciate. I think this year has proven more than any other year. One well, recent years that people. 
are not only picky with their money when they see a movie, but also they're like, oh, we can just wait till streaming. Mm -hmm. So to get people out of their homes into those uh, movie theater seats, you have to create something that people care about. And yeah. to make something that people I mean, care about, I mean, there's the there's directors movies. and the writers and the producers have to care about it. There are movies this the year actors have to uh, care about that. Uh, you you take um, Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny. Ooh, we'll not, get into that one. Not a great Huge movie. Flop. It's not a great movie, but it's not like the worst movie this year by My far. My opinion has changed on it a um, bit since our um. Yeah, review. I mean, it's not it's not great. But it's not completely I, terrible. But it it's the biggest flop of the year, though, or at least one of them. Well, and it's one of, and I and I think I think there's a lot of factors here. But I think what we've learned, what studios have learned, or hopefully will learn from, is that um, you can't just do another mm-hmm. nostalgia bait movie. Yeah. or well, I, a, I, I think it, it oh, it's a property it everyone knows. To what, what you were saying, where. This is a movie that, um, like, I'm not going to defend it as a good movie, but like, like I said, it's not like the worst, most egregious film ever. But they failed to create anything that anyone gave a crap about. Like, right, and it's not just there's not fans of Indiana Jones out there. Of course, there are, but mm-hmm. the movie we got wasn't. To be quite frank, an Indiana Jones movie. It yeah, it was... feel like it. It, it was too. <laughs> <laughs> I respect Harrison Ford for you know wanting Indiana Jones to be an old man and be played that way, not to be mm-hmm. presented any other way. Um, but it just <laughs> it lacked the gravitas of the in, other ones. In, high, in hindsight, and thinking honestly, about it... I like Crystal Skull more. Yeah, in hindsight, thinking I can about say that, that movie, I would say, and I don't think I would have said this six months ago. Um, we saw that together. That was fun. Yeah. Um, I think I totally, in hindsight, would be okay with them rebooting the franchise. If they do right. it right. Give it, give it a fresh give it some years. A fresh coat of paint yeah. uh, for modern audiences. Um, right. I want to talk about so I mean we we'll we'll get into like the best movies of the year. But yeah, there's definitely a lot to talk about there too. It's not all bad. But are there any movies of this year that uh um surprised you? Oh, I've got one right off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh easy uh Saw X. <laughs> I've right. talked about it before <laughs> on Morning Oddities or uh, other podcasts, our morning show. That that's definitely one that surprised me because I had no intention of seeing it. I didn't mm-hmm. even know it existed. <laughs> and then my girlfriend was like, "Hey, you want to go see Saw X?" And I'm like, "Sure." <laughs> Got nothing going on right mm-hmm. tonight. And um, when I saw it, and I was like, "Yeah, it has all the gore and stuff, if not more so than most of the other Saw movies. Very gory." Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you uh get queasy from just a sight of blood in a movie, you definitely wouldn't want to see this. But it actually um, had a cool, just a character-driven story, revenge story. Uh, Tobin Bell just does a great job as Jigsaw. Like, you believe in his character, and you're like, yeah, I can see why he tortures all those people. 
Well, no, you don't understand it, but you can at least see how the character got that way, right? Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it, it, yeah, that was a big surprise. I think another one for me was, in terms of surprises, it's probably New Hunger Games. Right. That's another one where I had little to no interest in seeing. I've seen the other Hunger Game movies with Jennifer Lawrence and everything. Still didn't quite much uh, care about them. I understood why people liked them, right? And I had fun with them. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't something I had to see. But saw the new Hunger Games movie. And, yeah, it's three hours Hunger Games prequel. Is it right? it's a three-hour movie? Uh, and it feels like a three-hour movie. And it <laughs> is a three-hour movie. Um. But it was good. I enjoyed it. Like I, I, it felt like just watching a long show. Like when you're binging a show, yeah, there's some pacing issues here and there, but you stay stuck in the story just for the sake of the story and the performances. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it did a good job. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I think as far as new releases, I'm not sure if anything else really uh, surprised me in particular. Everything else I saw, I pretty much expected what I got. I mean, I, I guess the yeah. new the new Five Nights at Freddy's movie, it surprised me that it wasn't terrible. <laughs> like it went in with it was extremely actually, low expectations. It right. It was actually um it was well received by the fans, which is the most important thing for that kind of movie, right? That's a fandom mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. And um I think it, yeah, it made more than its budget back because it was extremely low budget, like $20 million movie. And I think it ended up making, let me see. But, you know, it was just a fun Halloween. It was a fun movie to see for Halloween. Yeah. It, yeah, it wasn't in particular a scary movie. Definitely not. Um, But it had those elements. But it was like just a fun horror movie. Which I think there's definitely a place for those. Just a fun horror movie that even kids could see, that kids would mm -hmm. like, yeah. that adults should be able to like, right? And it, it's just got that kind of corniness to it, but also fun factor. And I, I think that, yeah, that was also kind of another surprise because right. I thought it was just going to be, you know, terrible. But, you know, Matthew, Matthew Lillard's in it. He's the, um, he's the, uh, what's his name? Uh, William Hafton, he's the villain. He's Springtrap. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, it ended up grossing 295 million. That's impressive. Uh, what, what you know what the uh, budget was on it? I know the budget wasn't much. I don't know why they never include <laughs> the budget compared to the gross when you Yeah, 20 million dollar budget. So yeah, they're definitely going to make more of those. Um you know, it's fun. It, it's. Definitely... I think it is definitely what I respect about it. It's for the fans. Like if you're not a fan of it or know anything. Yeah, you can have fun with it. But there's a lot of lore and a lot uh, of. um, Just stuff they throw in there that they don't explain. They just throw it in there. It's just a nod to the fans, which, you know, that's cool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think what definitely about you? What, my what has surprised my, you. My main movie that surprised me was uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, 
Honor Among Thieves. Um, Still got to see that. That's the one that stands out to me because I didn't think much of it. It looked okay, um, but it looked like a very generic, like, fantasy, like, trying to get in on, like, fantasy trends type of thing. But it ended up, I thought it ended up being a very charming movie. Um, I thought it was, the cast was really, really good in it. Uh, Chris Pine is a lot of fun. Um, and as a fan of, you know, D and D, uh, it, it did a good job. Um, yeah, I heard it feels like D and D, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like D and D, not just in the sense of, uh, the, uh, the world, but the characters and how they interact feels like, um, your typical like shenanigans that a party of D and D players would, would get into. It feels right. like, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, another one I enjoyed was uh, Elemental from Pixar. Um, I've seen that one. I mean, it's, I don't think it's like one of Pixar's best movies or anything, but uh, I wasn't super interested when it came out. And uh, my fiance really likes that movie and I watched it with her. Um, and it's a really cute little um animated movie it's fun to watch nice yeah i think it was one of the only disney movies to break even <laughs> this year yeah <laughs> well i guess not counting guardians 3 and um it's been a pretty bad year for disney um yeah, that's been rough uh, uh you want <laughs> peter pan and wendy what oh that, that yeah when did I? well that was straight to streaming right uh, I think it might have been, um, but it it dropped all the way back in April. But it's pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> let's see, what are all the Disney movies this year? Wish is another one that I know that flopped. I know what oh, you about. Yeah, I didn't watch that. Um, Haunted Mansion. Uh, the Shepherd. I thought Haunted Mansion was just a straight to streaming movie, but then I looked into it and it released sometime in the summer. It's like, why wouldn't they release that closer to Halloween? You know? Yeah, right. Yeah, um, it went to streaming at that time, which was good timing, I guess. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, it should have been straight to streaming, anyways. Little Mermaid. Um, that was okay. Oh, you saw that one? Yeah, it was okay. Um, it's, I think, some of the uh, the CGI and the the acting and, and like the underwater scenes because it's all CGI, so it's just like floating heads on top of CGI bodies. And it's all right. I I found this a good. It's a little little a... stiff looking from CBR.com. Top t the biggest. Uh, now this is a little outdated, but these are most of the real big flops, anyways. Biggest flops of the 2023 um summer movie season. So number ten, Little Mermaid, budget of 250 million, and that's not even accounting for marketing, right? <laughs> um, with marketing, you know, it's probably close to 350, maybe close to 400 million. Who knows? Mm -hmm. 
you know, that's something we never really know. But budget two hundred fifty million ended up grossing five hundred and sixty three million. So even if you don't account for the marketing, it didn't make its money. Um, Fast X. Now that's another one. I I, I was surprised it didn't do as good as uh, it as it did because um. I mean, I, I thought it would do better because a lot of people like those Fast Furious movies mm -hmm. for some reason. You know, Family, right? Vin <laughs> Diesel. But of a budget, I, I, I didn't even know that came out this year. Well, budget of $349 million ended up grossing $719 million. And if you doubled the budget, you know, really not looking good. Transformers Rise of the Beast on a budget of $195 million. Made four hundred and twenty-seven million. Ouch. Elemental budget two hundred million, gross four hundred twenty-three million. Mm -hmm. The Machine, which is the Burt Kreshner movie. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw it on an airplane ride. Forgot about that. <laughs> Mark Hamill's his dad. Right. You know, it's a fun, stupid movie. Um, it, its budget was twenty million. It ended up grossing 10 million, but it went to streaming. So, mm. you know, of course. Yeah. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One, which I've heard in the next one, they're dropping the part two. It's going to just be another Mission Impossible <laughs> movie because this one <laughs> did bad. On a budget of 290 million, it only grossed 491 million. Yeah, you have to be really confident. Um, in a movie um, to call it a part one. Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. Have you heard of this? I have heard of it. Mm hmm. It didn't DreamWorks look, movie. It didn't look good. On a budget of seventy million, <laughs> which is relative. That's quite low for an animated picture these days. Mm -hmm. uh, only grossed four hundred million. I mean, no, 40, not 400. Oh, I was, I was going to say, that amazing. doesn't sound like a flop. That's... <laughs> it grossed 40. It didn't even uh, break even. The Flash. Still one I've yet to see. I've seen scenes of it. I've the seen Flash. the bad CGI bits. The Flash was uh, okay. Quite bad CGI. It's you okay. It? Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, if you go into There's it... a lot of just soulless cameos and... Yeah, Nick so, Cage like didn't even know his cameo. What, what I'll say is it's okay except for this. There is this one sequence in the movie where they just ram soulless and honestly also distasteful cameos, like CGI. Yeah, cameos. they bring back George Reeves and Christopher yeah. Reeves. Um, it's <laughs> and 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 the the. The thing about that whole sequence in the movie is it does not need to be there. Doesn't add anything to the movie. Right. It doesn't do... It's cameo porn. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. It's just there. <laughs> it's like, oh, look, you recognize these beloved yeah. uh, versions there's, of the characters. There's only one cameo in the movie that... Uh, I mean, I guess unless you include Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot, um, which I don't know if they count as cameos. Um, but there's only one cameo in the movie that I think is earned and then is at the very, very end of the movie in the last scene. Um, but 
all of that whole sequence with all the CGI. The George, he's in the George Clooney universe now. Yeah, or where George Clooney <laughs> shows up. That that's the only cameo that feels justified. So um, yeah, I still yeah. haven't seen it. Uh, I know it's on Max, but I, other I other than <laughs> that one that one sequence, it's a perfectly... I canceled my subscription to Max. Yeah, and you know why? Because they just. Warner Brothers just dropped like most of their DC movies on the Netflix anyways. Mm-hmm. And a bunch yeah. of their previously like max exclusive content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, it's, it's a perfect, uh, yeah, the flash of a okay budget, 200 million. Flick. Yeah. It grossed 260 million. Ouch. Oof. Oof. <laughs> um, next though, even worse. And at the time, I thought the budget was like 250 to 300, but they're saying 300 here. It's probably even more when you count for marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, Any the Jones and Dial Destiny budget 300 million, gross 368 million. And then number that, one, that is an insane budget for that movie. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Where did that money go? I, I do not understand that, that budget there, for, but. I don't know. I honestly, I can't remember an amazing action sequence from that movie. Not a standout yeah. one. Maybe just the beginning scene. Yeah. I mean. And that was still weird. Like, I I still think, I think the movie has some okay parts in it. But, I mean, honestly, I think you could, for half that budget, a better team of writer and writers and, and a better director could make a twice as better movie. Well, that's the weird thing. Like James Mangold is a good director. Yeah. It's I I just 300 million. I don't get it. Did and they it, have to pay it, Harrison Ford 100 million? Is that where that was? Right. So it actually only had a budget of 200 million. They just had to pay Harrison it, Ford <laughs> a shit ton. Yeah, right. And yeah, it ended up grossing three hundred sixty-eight million. And then the biggest flop that no one really knew or cared was the Haunted Mansion with a budget of one hundred fifty-seven million. It only made fifty-nine million. Ooh. But this is the summer. This is outdated. This list, because yeah. there's an even bigger flop, and I've seen it. The Marvels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Marvels. With a budget of over two hundred and fifty million, or no, two hundred nineteen. Yeah, two hundred twenty, two hundred fifty. Uh, it made about one hundred ninety-four million theaters. Oof, oof. Didn't even make its money back. That's, Didn't even break that's even. Really, really bad. And um, I saw it, and it was okay. But these movies can't just be okay. And it can't just be the same stuff. Yeah. From what I've heard from everyone about the Marvels, I've not seen it yet. It's not a movie that is like... Quite honestly, it felt made for TV. Like, it would have been a good special, right? Well, Put on Disney+. Plus. I think, it again, it comes back to one of the problems with Marvel is... It's not that Marvel's not allowed to make some mediocre movies every once in a while. It's that they've created a sort of 
expectation where a mm-hmm. movie like this, they really drop a trailer for a movie like that and everyone just goes, I'll just wait till it's on Disney Plus. Right, because it will go to Disney Plus because, because nobody exists. nobody all really their stuff goes there about it. And um I found a uh, uh, a Reddit thread here. That's right. um person asking and this is from a month ago, which Disney um flop from this year is the worst look for the company. Uh Quantumanium, Little Mermaid, Indiana Jones, Haunted Mansion, the Marvels or Wish. And people seem pretty torn between the Marvels and Wish on here because... Well, the Wish was supposed to be this uh, celebration of Disney as a mm-hmm. studio. Yeah, yeah. Some, some people whatever. are saying Marvels because of how massive of a flop it is. But right. a lot of people, I think, and I think that I would agree with this, that Wish is a pretty bad look because... Like this was supposed to be the next princess. Marvels is embarrassing, like, cringe, right? Wish is just sad. Yeah, like right? Wish is it's supposed to be sad. like the next big like princess movie. Yeah, and it's like, supposed to like explain the Wish Upon a Star thing, like the whole yeah. thing, um, and just be this tribute to uh, uh, Disney as a comp as just as a whole. I'm excited to go to Disneyland. I we're planning on going to Disneyland in a couple months, but um, nice. You know, it's supposed to be this big celebration. I haven't seen it. You know, I can't say anything about it personally. But from what I heard, it seemed like it was written by an AI, and that's mm-hmm. not <laughs> that's not a good thing to say about a movie. Yeah, it felt. I heard it felt just soulless, and you know, uh, yeah, there was huge flops this year. I didn't see most of them. Um, I've seen a bad movie this year, though. I have seen a bad movie. I usually try to avoid bad movies. And, you know, I'm not one of... If there's... A, like, I still saw the Marvels because I was just giving it a chance, you know. Um, and I, I, I want to say it's a bad movie. It's just a mediocre movie, um, which is not what you need to put out there, especially for $200 million budget um, or $300 million budget, whatever. Um the worst movie I've seen this year. Just, just real I don't quick, know if uh, you have one. Wish, um, with a budget of two hundred million, uh, so far has. Where gross... did that budget go? Yeah, uh, the so... art is uninspired. It's plain. It's simple. It so it's far has nothing. grossed uh one hundred forty eight point nine million worldwide. Yeah, and you'll just, <laughs> you know, so it has not. You know, and, but you know, I think it's a amazing. I think it's a great thing that we're only getting one big Marvel movie um, next year uh, with Deadpool three. And I think, like I've said before, I'm, I, I think it's going to be a good one. And I think maybe they're going to learn. Hey, let's focus on quality over quantity. You know, I. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll see. Maybe they won't learn the lesson. But uh, you know, we'll see. Um. What is the worst movie or thing you've seen this year? I have mine. Mm. I don't know. Um, For me, it was David Gordon Green's The Exorcist Believer. No. (laughs) Supposed to be this, you know... New generation, this legacy sequel to one of the greatest horror movies of all time, The Exorcist original, the 70, when did it come out? Like 79 or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
it's not a movie I want to watch all the time or anything. I see it like once every like few years, really. Uh, it's not a pleasant movie, but it's a well-made movie. It's a well-directed, well, you know, uh, great cinematography there, all that. But Exorcist Believer is supposed to be this legacy sequel to the original Exorcist. And it was worse than most other Exorcist movies. <laughs> Even, it was worse than any other. I mean, I, I haven't seen a lot of them. But the Pope's Exorcist with Russell Crowe, uh, it's supposedly based on this real life story. Uh, this Exorcist that wrote, works yeah. directly under the Pope. <laughs> Russell Crowe's on a Segway in it. It's pretty good. And he just yells at people. You know, it's pretty good. It's actually pretty good. It's a fun kind of action adventure exorcist movie, which is a cool take on it. And it's Russell Crowe yelling at people, uh -huh. you know. So that was fun, right? But the movie that's supposed to be The Exorcist, right? Mm -hmm. Awful. Terrible. Nothing. It's just worse than nothing. It was an actively bad movie an actively bad experience like the first 20 minutes or so me and my girlfriend were watching we were like you know what maybe this is gonna be something maybe it's you know it's building it's slowly building and then it flashes scary images at you and expect you to be impressed by it, but it's nothing. It's not scary. It's not entertaining. It's just gross. It's just weird, uncomfortable. The pacing is bad. The acting is un is terrible. The the they bring back legacy characters. You know, the mom from the original Exorcist movie. Just to waste the character, they just bring her back for the trailer. You know. Uh, they bring back Linda Blair for two to five seconds of the movie and it's nothing. It means nothing. The whole movie is just a shameless. It, it's just terrible. I'm glad I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it for free on Peacock. Well, quote unquote, for free on Peacock. <laughs> um, yeah, bad movie. Really bad. If If, you know, we had the choice of seeing that or Saw X, if we would have saw that, I would have been, you know, pretty frustrated spending money on something that bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but yeah. Really bad movie. <laughs> I I don't have any like constructive critique of it other than it's just bad. Like there's a certain point where a movie's so bad. I don't even care to like give it that kind of time to really think about it. Right. Um, And, and it's one of those. Um, Anyways, let's stop talking about bad stuff flops you know because yeah. there was actually a lot of good well not a lot but there was really good stuff this year yeah um like we said before recording this podcast this is an incredible year for highs and lows in terms of movies and ga especially games we had amazing games this year but let's get into mm -hmm. some of the best movies of the year first i want to start off with the ones that we've actually seen i think the first like the first movie I saw this year that I thought was just absolutely amazing, standout, one of the best of the genre, John Wick Chapter 4. Oh, right, right. Amazing. Yeah. Just a beautifully shot action film. It's classy. It's got Keanu Reeves. I mean, what else could you ask for, right? It has the top-down shot that looks like Hotline Miami. It's got 
amazing just choreography and fight scenes and the john wick movies have had this interesting kind of progression where the first one just kind of started out as this cool and like kind of fashionable action movie mm-hmm. with keanu reeves like his comeback as an right. action store star and it was like this kind of indie you know kind of lower budget thing but then it blew up it became huge and we get the second one the sixth increase but it kind of still felt the same right just more of it then the third yeah. one, the stakes increase more. I'm really glad that um, Keanu hasn't turned into um, like Jason Statham, where like some of his earlier like kind of small budget action movies, like The Transporter, were really good, and then now he's doing uh, just Meg Two. The Meg Two. What's this new one that's coming out? Um, the Beekeeper. Which just looks... You know there's like nine or ten Meg books? Those are books. Really? So that's the implication that they're going to do more, you know, like, uh, more movies. It's their cinematic universe. Yeah. Uh, No, but John Wick Chapter 4 was absolutely baller. Just amazing. Just well put together. Every shot, every action scene. You never get bored. It's never repetitive. And if it is, it's in like a joke way. It's just a really good movie. One of my favorite action movies of all time. Nice. nice. And honestly, I I was watching. You ever watch uh, Jeremy Johns on YouTube? Maybe. He does like he does his ranking. He's like, oh, it's good if you're drunk or whatever. Or, oh, this movie's awesome. Tacular. Good movie reviewer. You know, I don't agree with everything he has to say but um and his top 10 movies of 2023 he put john wick chapter four at number one nice simply because he was like technically i think maybe like oppenheimer is better as just a love letter to film just a great Mm -hmm. film right but john wick is just the perfectly distilled action movie with a little bit of humor you got keanu reeves swagger he has like maybe 10 lines in the whole movie and it's great he shoots a man in the desert he drives a car while shooting he it's just (laughs) right it's just insane but it 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 it, you know john wick has become it's in this like kind of comic book like crazy universe like it doesn't take itself too seriously you don't you stop questioning it like there's a part in a movie where a whole ass building in New York gets blown up and no one acknowledges it except for like their inner assassin group. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, that's what, just it's the universe. It's of one it. of those like fictional universes where um, when you think about it too hard, uh, it starts to not make a lot of sense. But the the movies like almost directly tell you don't think about it too hard. Right. And not saying that it's a stupid it. movie, though, it's. <laughs> It's an incredibly well done movie. And yeah, some of the best action scenes I've ever seen in movies. Seriously, like Mm -hmm. it's I would have to look back and look deep at all my favorite action movies. But John Wick Chapter four, I can easily say would be in my top five of all time. And that's a lot to say. And I've had enough time to think about that movie. I've seen it multiple times now where I'm like, you know, it still holds true. I saw it on airplane ride still was held true you know oh yeah so yeah john wick chapter four i would say that was the first one where i was like that's a good movie right then the I next totally one for me until just now that i had a glass of scotch here have you even seen it yet i've not seen it yet no you need to see it you need to sit down with a glass of scotch and, and watch john wick chapter four 
No, no, but no, yeah, no, no. Amazing stuff. Glass of bourbon. That's what oh, John Wick drinks, true. right? He drinks true, blends. yeah. Specifically blends. Yeah. Yep. Which is impossible so to get, get a glass of blends. Colorado, apparently. But... <laughs> um, uh, I think the next one that I was like, yeah, this is a really good movie. Uh, was Guardians Galaxy 3. Yeah, I didn't watch the that. The best Marvel theater. movie of the year. Um, that's not saying much, though. Uh, but the, right. I think it's one of the best. No, but Marvel it's not even like game, though, which is no, seriously, more. like it's yeah. actually a really good movie because mm-hmm. it has James Gunn, James Gunn's style, his vision to it. It feels like its own movie. It's not just yeah. a cookie cutter movie. It doesn't have any crazy cameos or multiverse stuff. And yeah, movies like Across the Spider-Verse have proven that, yes, the multiverse Honestly, it's still viable. It between, can still be interesting. Between Guardians three and uh, a couple years ago, um, the Suicide Squad. Between those two movies, it makes me, even though I'm trying to hold a healthy level of skepticism, makes me very excited for what James Gunn could do with DC. Well, and James um, Gunn has shown he can. James Gunn can do gross, weird stuff very well. He, he yeah. loves that kind of thing. And, and but he can and, also do incredibly earnest and yeah. emotional stories i don't know the, the, and i hope he um, leans that way with superman dc and right Marvel i hope seem the, to be i hope the new superman movie doesn't end up being gross and weird i hope it's earnest and emotional yeah. and you know has a good um, story dc and marvel seem but... to have almost for me swapped places in the sense of marvel i used to have high expectations for and really care about what's coming next and i just don't give a crap anymore and i have pretty low expectations me it's Deadpool three i mean that's the one dc i don't have high expectations but i actually am excited to see what they do next like well in terms of the dcu they're with dc trying to be like the mcu they failed yeah i mean their last movie was a flop it was just a horrible end to the and they're and they're still you know with movies like um Aquaman, they're oh, for your it's like the last remnants of like their contractual obligations of what movies they have right. to put out and have to finish up. Um and I'm 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 not saying I have like high expectations as in like, you know, we should be prepared for some they're, they're they we don't know if they're gonna be good or not, but I, I'm I'm more invested it's exciting. in what DC might be doing. Um well in DC even while they were doing the DCU and, you know, we get the Justice League movies and all that, they still have movies like the Batman and like mm-hmm. the Joker where yeah. it's just a and, movie with its creator's vision. And DC, and DC is, um, I think we've talked about DC versus Marvel before a bit, but um, while I generally prefer the Marvel universe, DC has some of my favorite characters of all time. Right. You know, and yeah, they're basic bitch characters. You know, Batman and Superman. Everyone says they love Batman and Superman, but, you know, for good reason, though. Batman and Superman are awesome characters. (laughs) Uh, So, but yeah, Guardians 3 was really Guardians 3 is an example of what future MCU movies have to be. Yeah. Right, they need to be 
And that's another reason, like, I like Multiverse of Madness so much. And I've talked about this a hundred times by now on this podcast. Mm -hmm. It's a kind of mixed reviewed movie. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people like it. Um, there's not really an in-between there. I absolutely love it, especially compared to most of other Marvel's recent stuff, because it mm -hmm. feels like an individual movie with its creator's vision. It has all the same yeah. Sam Raimi-ness of it. And yeah. Guardians 3 has all the James Gunn flavor and direction of it. And it, it feels like its own thing. It can be in the MCU, right? But it feels like its own movie. It's its own movie. Yeah. You can just I mean, watch it and I mean, enjoy it. In a lot of ways, that's also why... I liked uh, Shang-Chi. Um, it's not as unique as Doctor Strange, and it does devolve into a CGI battle at the end in the third act, right. which is a weak, isn't great. But at least the first like two acts of the movie, it at least tried to be kind of like a a cool like kung fu yeah. movie, and it yeah. still felt very MCU action sequence like with how it. But then, like with Guardians like, Three. With the amount of practical effects and actual sets mm -hmm. they used, it just felt real and tangible. And, you yeah. know, you cared about these characters, right? And it, it just has that emotional through line. It, yeah, it, it just, yeah, great movie. And honestly, yeah, I would, I would even put it over maybe even Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. I, I think because I would it doesn't rely just out on of the, the MCU. Sense of... I think by itself, it's a better movie. Spider-Man No Way Home is it, one of my that favorite relies... MCU movies, but it's I, I'll admit it's because I'm a big Spider-Man fan and I love the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Well, like, movies. let's go into it. Like, like, even if you haven't seen any of the other <laughs> Spider-Man movies, it's you would be lost, right? Mm -hmm. It's still technically good, right? Yeah, good it's fight still a scenes, decent good... movie, but but it relies, and it's kind of hard to take this out of it. It relies on the MCU. It relies mm -hmm. on all the other Spider-Man movies. You recognize these characters from your past and nostalgia. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And 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 as far but as But it's just good to see something. Of, with a lot of nostalgia bay and all that sort of stuff. Right. No Way Home did it right. It did it incredibly well. That's what the Flash um, should have done. Yeah, right. The Flash um tried to do the same but Guardians thing, three but did a really terrible job with it. Yeah, Guardians 3 relies on you have seen the previous guardians movies pretty much that's it you don't have to have seen the rest of the mcu to understand this and um it just is a great cap off to that trilogy and yeah just a great movie on its own and right. it shows and it, it you know it shows you can do a movie in your cinematic universe but you don't have to pander to that you don't have to make it rely on that yeah just use the characters you have. I don't know. It, it it seems easier than said. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we the talk first movie, as, if, as if we as if we would. We be forgot able to, to mention one. Run a cinematic universe, but right. We forgot. I forgot to mention a movie because I just kind of forgot about it. And Ant Man Three: Quantum Mania. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> Not only a big flop. We 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 did mention that, but um, I watched it a second time at home. Mm -hmm. on streaming months ago back in may that's the last time i've seen it i had no intention of seeing it again unless we do it for this podcast that's pretty much where i stand it, it is 
I don't know. I'm torn between that and Thor Love and Thunder as far as the Phase 4 movies is the worst. because I think Thor and Love and Thunder was more uh, just viscerally offensive because it was something yeah. I cared about and thought would be good mm-hmm. because Takwatiti nailed it with Ragnarok. Thor, Thor, but then he recently, Thunder... he, he recently came out and said that, yeah, for a paycheck, I didn't care about these characters. And I'm like, fair enough. I mean, yeah, fair enough. You know, but we could definitely see it with Love and Um, Thunder. (laughs) Love and Thunder is a movie where I think it has some individual sequences that are pretty fun. Right. Right? Like, if they had released Thor Love and Thunder, the entirety of the movie, as little shorts on YouTube, it would have been a little bit better. Not even Disney Plus. As a movie stitched together it makes no fucking sense right and no. doesn't work and and ant-man i think is, but that was the, is the complete opposite of it i it's easier to follow but it has no not a single part of the movie stands out as as i like paul rudd i like the first couple ant-man movies yeah i think Ant-Man i like it when he's in other really movies good. it's nothing against paul rudd it's nothing against the character. Yeah. It's just I thought Ant Man movie the looked like it was filmed in a closet. It was a really fun movie. Like you know, Michael um, Douglas didn't care. In fact, it didn't seem like anyone really cared to be there. Yeah. Um, I forgot Modok was a villain mostly because I w- tried to wipe that out of my memory because it was Modoc done so was poorly. Really weird in that. I just yeah. I mean, it just yeah. CGI'd his face. Again, that that movie was um, what and what, what stands out to me in that movie is the fact that nothing stands out. It just well, and the only thing of, that did stand out was CGI Jonathan Majors as Kang, right? Jonathan Majors mm-hmm. as Kang. That's you, it out. He's what he held very, that movie. Yeah. And then you have the cameo of the multiple kings talking to each other at Council of Kings, and no one cares. And mm-hmm. now it's even worse because he's guilty and he's fired, and they're giving up on that story. And like I said before, I think. Yeah, you should give up on that story. Yeah. Because I've... Loki season two solved it anyways. Mm-hmm. Do and, Doctor Doom. And they... do something interesting. Yeah. Right? They, they, I don't they... know what they... You know I what? Think... I think they should do... <laughs> what? Do Deadpool 3. Do Spider-Man 4. Just do individual movies. Yeah. You don't have to make it... Do the do new... What... Like the Infinity Saga, even by the time Avengers came out, right? 10 years ago it still felt like an, an event it well it, its well, own movie the... it didn't feel like oh this is what's leading up to infinity war and this yeah. is what's leading up to endgame no infinity war and endgame were deserved uh-huh. they made sense for the story it wasn't the, just like the infinity oh, yeah. saga i think what made... imagine in 2012 if kevin feige came out and said yeah we're doing avengers endgame in 2019 i mean honest what, what it's like they... okay what I think, right? I, I mean, I don't know that this is what happened behind the scenes in the early MCU, but it's what it felt like. Is that it didn't feel like they had planned a big crossover, you know, villain, a big arc from the beginning. It felt like they were just throwing they were planting shit the at, seeds for it. But well, even the planting it, the seeds part felt like at first. They were just it throwing, felt organic. They were well, it felt like they were throwing stuff at the wall, at just wall. including yeah. cameos, including little hints, and seeing and then, what the fans latched onto. And, and it was then, a huge success. And then going on. So like, and Endgame came so out. Like, it, it, the a first success. The, the first phase 
And even into the second phase of the MCU, it felt a lot like... Oh, even into the third. Yeah, it well, it felt a lot like... So they, you know, they were introducing the Infinity Stones and all that sort of stuff. And it felt like still pretty late into the Infinity Saga. If that plot line wasn't working out, they could have switched gears pretty easily. Right. But they, then, they, the after Endgame... Four, they went all in on something new and right now it seems like the only option is just to pretend like phase four didn't happen almost and just switch gears well like just be like spoiler alert in loki season two the tba becomes converted where they track down king variants instead of variant uh timelines or whatever they just track down bad king variants and Mobius, Owen Wilson's pretty much, yeah, we took care, they took care of the one in 616 pretty easily. Right. We, we got him on lockdown pretty much. Like, I, I, I don't want to spoil any more yeah. than that, but yeah. like Loki season two, I feel like they wrote it this way where like, hey, if this, if Jonathan Majors doesn't work out, if he's found guilty, we can easily pivot to another thing. Mm-hmm. And they were smart writing it that way. Um, yeah. But yeah, that movie's aged even worse now with the console, Council of King scenes, all Jonathan Majors, and now he's fired from the company uh, and found guilty of assault. Um, so, yep. you know, yeah, does it age well? I've seen it twice. Um, second time, I realized how bad it was. The first time I was like, oh, this is bad, but, it, you know, I'm having a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we uh, saw this one together. We keep talking about bad things. Let's get on to more Let's good get things. Get some good stuff. Uh, Super Mario. Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, we're on the same. Highest grossing movie of 2023, just above Barbie, right? Yeah, it's a good movie. I liked it. I, I don't mean, know why people have to hate this movie. Yeah, like why? I, I saw a list yeah, of yeah, like, they played it. I saw a list of like sure. the, the the worst movies of 2023, and they had Super Mario Bros on there, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, it's a it's, kids movie. It's not about Oscar the Mori Brothers. It's not. No, it's not but it's a generational, amazing film. We'll be talking like, about. Yeah, and in it's a not decade. like across a Spider Verse where it's a. But it was just a, a piece of art, you know, right? I'd watch it again. Like it's a fun Mario movie. It's exactly what a Mario movie should yeah. be, right? I finished watching it and wanted to go play some Mario afterwards. Isn't that the point of the movie? Right. Like, God, and it was good. You know? And well, obviously. I mean, it was the biggest blockbuster of the year. Mm-hmm. And they're going to make more of them. I, I do hope, like, maybe the next one feels more creative, you know, right? Not just playing it so safe. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, who knows? But I mean, as far yeah, as... Yeah, I don't like, know why anyone yeah. would... If, um, you, if you are a Mario fan, or even just a casual fan, or even if you just know what Mario is, I don't see why you would not like the movie. Of course, it's a kids' movie, and yeah, I mean, I think Chris Pratt does a good enough job. He jarred me a couple times while watching it, but we were also on a couple shots. Yeah, of, um, some shooters. I, I forgot what we had, um, but you know, Jack Black is great, and you know, Charlie Day's Luigi, Anya Taylor Joy. Yep, her it, um, it was Furiosa uh... movie looks really good. That I'm excited for that. I'm a big fan of the Mad Max universe. Um, yeah. um, I mean, it led to the success of that. Led to Nintendo announcing they are developing a live act, a live action Legend of Zelda movie. Which, right? People are very 
nervous about. I mean, that. Tom Holland's going to be Link, right? Or Timothy Chalamet. I think he might be better. Or go with a completely off. Let's get Robert Pattinson. Why not? Tall, brooding Link. Um, he he plays it the same way as he plays Batman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be pretty good. Um. <laughs> Thinking back on it, I know it's a last year movie, um, but the Batman. Yeah, I mean, what? What do you think? I liked it. Just real quick. Um, well, I watched. He's a it. good Batman, right? I watched it this. I year, don't see how I a Batman fan would not like his version of Batman. Yeah, I, I get that you don't like his Bruce Wayne. Yeah, but and that's I, part of the story. Well, well, the thing I like, I could nitpick that movie a little bit. I mean. Right. It's not perfect. It's not the Dark Knight. You can pick but, well, even the Dark Knight's not perfect. Yeah, but the Dark Knight's not a good Batman movie. It's at least as good as Batman Begins, which is a pretty damn good Batman movie. Batman Begins is still my favorite Batman movie. Actually. Yeah, Batman Begins is fun. Um, but no, uh, the Batman is. I think the Batman's damn close. The thing I liked about it the most, which I felt was refreshing, that I don't. I don't think we've really seen in a Batman movie. Actually, I take my statement back. The Batman and Batman Begins are the two best Batman movies. Yeah. As far as the character goes. Well, what what I loved about the Batman is um, Bruce Wayne has a character arc in it where he learns a lesson. He learns that he has... You know, because he inspired the the Riddler, so he's you know he learns that he needs to also be a symbol for hope, and he needs you know he needs to actually help people and all that sort of stuff. And that's, I mean, I don't know. I I really liked that the ending of the movie was him. There is like the flood in Gotham, and it's him helping the first responders, pull people out of National Guard and everything. I don't like. I thought that was cool. Um, you got to see a Batman who you got to have all the dark fun, like, like I am vengeance Batman stuff, but you because also in, got in to most see a superhero movies. You, ever, you only ever see them hero. Like you'll see them say people like out of a fire real quick or whatever. And then mm-hmm. they're mostly beating up bad guys, but just seeing him helping the first responders and stuff. Yeah. Just being there. And you know, yeah, that was great. I, I and was... The next Batman movie, for, for I think, is not coming like out till twenty twenty five. Yeah, something like but, that. Um, yeah. For being such a and, dark movie, um, uh, it had it ended on a very positive, hopeful. I think James Gunn note. is. I don't think he's even cast his new Batman. I don't even know if he's thought about it much. I think he's yeah. mostly just been thinking about his Superman movie because that's been cast. David Corn Sweat, a relatively uh, unknown actor, he's been in some minor stuff. Mm-hmm. But he has the look, and I heard he's buffed up, and I, I'm sure he'll be a great Superman, a great nice. Clark, Clark Kent. I would see a great, great Clark Kent because the last great Clark Kent we got, Brendan Ralph and Christopher Reeves. Really, well, really, mm-hmm. just Christopher Reeves because Brendan Ralph just emulated that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brendan Ralph's um, good, but like I want to see a good Clark Kent. Yeah, yeah, but, no, because um, um, I really like Superman. But James Gunn recently said that um, ignore the Clark Kent part a lot. That the Batman universe that uh, um. Who directed it? Um, 
Mm. I was just talking about this guy, and now I forget his name. Matt okay. Reeves. Right. He right. James Gunn basically said it's up to Matt Reeves whether or not he wants his Batman to be like in the DCU. He's okay. leaving it to him. I mean, and I respect that. Honestly, I'd prefer if he wasn't because I like. I think based the Batman. I, the other thing that it's I'd rather it be in its own like detective yeah. dark noir universe, well, right? That's that's the other thing I liked about the Batman. It's a detective a lot, was it just really stood out as like this could be just its own thing. Right. Its own version it, of the DC universe. Be. Like a a a really cool take. Again, uh I think on we talked about it in the podcast after I watched it, um the Gotham that they built is was oh, it's great. one of the best Gothams. It, I, mean, I loved how they portrayed Gotham and uh Christopher Nolan tried to do kind of a you know weird fictional Gotham in the first and Batman Begins, mm -hmm. but then Dark Knight was just Chicago. Yeah, right. And the uh, Gotham has to have that personality. I, 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 yeah. Tim Burton's Gotham is probably the best. Mm -hmm. But Matt well, Reeves, I, it's a really good. Matt Reeves' Gotham is a really good blend of modern and also gothic. What What I like about the Matt Reeves and... one, whereas like uh, the Tim Burton one, is it's straight up like a cartoon comic city. Right. Um, the Matt Reeves one, it feels like a real city, but a distinctly, it feels like a fictional city. Right. Anyways, um, enough talking yeah. about Batman. Yeah. <laughs> we can do another episode on. on that. Easy. <laughs> uh, what's another one that you've seen? Um, uh, yeah, across the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, it's kind of redundant. We've done a whole episode on it saying it's yeah. like one of our favorite movies ever, right? And one going back and watching ever. it, it's still it's... one of my favorite movies ever. I it's it. still one of the greatest animated movies ever. If not I... the greatest, I don't know. I have not been the the, the part two, um, whatever it's going to be called. Uh, I don't remember. Um, I I know it's going to be a while. Yeah, I know it's going to be a while. I don't think that's coming out till 2025 at least. Yeah, so. I but I have not been this hyped for a movie in a long time. Well, not like, movie proof. So anybody, everybody's saying that superhero fatigue is ruin. You know, everybody's tired of superhero movies. That's not true. Guardians three was good, but like Spider Man Cross Spider Verse not only proves that superhero fatigue is just a lazy excuse for bad writing, right? Mm -hmm. But it also shows that the multiverse stuff can work if it's done well. Yeah. And that you have to be artistic and original with your movies, right? Yeah. So superhero yeah. movies can still work, but there's I, I I don't I don't even know if there's such a high standard now. I mean, there there is that standard, but they have to stand out. It has to stand out. It can't just be cookie cutter. It can't just be filmed in the closet in the volume. There has to be a reason to see it other than waiting until it goes on streaming. Mm -hmm. There has to be. It has to yep. be an event. Um, and here's another other couple movies. I know you've seen at least one of them. Mm -hmm. But Barbenheimer, Oppenheimer and Barbie, but at least the same yeah, day in July. I still haven't seen Oppenheimer. Uh, oh, man. I really need to. It 
Yes, you do. Um, it is amazing. Um, but those movies felt like an event. They were events. People had to go see them, right? And I saw them. And Barbie was a fun, good movie. And like I said, it's one of the... Barbie was I mean, awesome. I loved it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a little... I mean, and and that was a movie where... And like, it made over a billion dollars, That right? was a movie where I saw the trailers. It looked fun. But it wasn't like a movie I was excited for. My fiance wanted to go see it. so And I was like, yeah, it looks like I would enjoy it at least a little bit. So let's go see it. And man, that might be my favorite movie of the year other than Across the Spider-Verse. Because, yeah, I know there's it's been just, like a hundred... It's a just 200... a fun... I know there's been a ton of like straight to DVD, like cheaply animated Barbie movies, but nobody knows about those except for their kids or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not an overly saturated thing. It's a thing people recognize, Mm -hmm. but it's not overly saturated. And Greta Gerwig got to, you know, make a movie with her vision, her version of Barbie, the character. Mm hmm. While appeasing to general audiences, but also making something fun and creative and right. uh, something that you would want to go to the theaters for. And Margot Robbie does a great job. And Ryan Gosling is up for Best Supporting Actor for it. Yes. <laughs> uh, best kid. Great I mean, stuff. Yeah. It's, um, it's and then movie, the yeah. same day, Oppenheimer releases this dark nihilistic look at uh, Jim Robin Oppenheimer. The you know, the head creator of the atom bomb and the Trinity test, and has all this guilt about creating. I have become deaf to shorter worlds. All this, Killian Murphy, and then it also does well. Why? Because in its event, because people know Christopher Nolan's going to put out a fucking crazy it's an, movie. It's an event, and it's, it's, it's a love letter to film. It's just a gray movie. No CGI was used. I still kind of think that's a little bit of bullshit. I'm I'm sure they use some CGI to accent yeah. some things. It's but as it's, far as what's actually shown on screen, it's practical, and, right? And and don't get me wrong, there's there's a lot of directors out there that people get hyped just because they have their name on it. Um one movie I have Snyder. <laughs> Zack Snyder. Yeah. Well, one movie I Rebel Moon, seen, have you heard of that one? I heard it's really bad. Yeah, which is a it's shame. Zack Snyder's because hardcore it awesome. Star Wars. It looked really awesome, but I, I've heard it's bad. But I heard it just awesome. takes everything from Star Wars and Warhammer and Dune, doesn't do anything original. Mm-hmm. And Zack Snyder's even said, "Oh, but the extended edition, the extended cut's going to come out later." Oh, shut up, Zack Snyder. <laughs> he made an R-rated movie that he knew Netflix wanted to be PG-13. So they had to edit it down and cut out and make it uh, PG-13. It's like, how about you just make a good... Because you knew they were going to do that. Yeah. Why not just make a good movie the first Stop time? Stop it, Zack Snyder. And his movies have to be five hours to show his vision. Like, I, I don't think... Zack Snyder has made good movies. Yeah, 300 but is awesome. He is not a good writer. <laughs> and he is not a good editor. Yeah. No, he he's got a good vision, right? Yeah. But he makes um, all these bloated movies that has to have talented writers and editors behind him. And yeah. if he doesn't have that, then but but you know, going oh, no, going back that. to Christopher Nolan is uh, so there I mean there's directors that people get excited when their name is attached to one movie I haven't seen this year but I've heard is very good Killers of the Flower Moon. Um Still gotta um, see that. 
Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese sad and dark is right? one of those directors where it's like he's made some of the best movies of all time, but he also I don't think people not everyone gets hyped for his movies anymore because right. he's just been like um the 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 boomer uh superhero movies aren't real movies and you guys don't know <laughs> you guys don't know what you're talking about. He he's yeah. just been very public about that which I think has soured people on him a bit. Another yeah, one Ridley Scott's here. here. Yeah, I was gonna say Ridley Scott. Napoleon. Um, I heard it's a weirdly, very historically inaccurate. I've heard it's okay. Look at Napoleon. But Ridley Scott uh, is like people have soured on him a little bit because he comes up with these movies. He needs to stop. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because he's made great movies. He, well, he he, he comes runner, up, alien. He comes uh, out Gladiator. with these movies and 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 Every single movie that he's come out with in the last like five or six years seems to be um, he releases it, everyone shits on it, and then he gets really, really butthurt about it. Right. Um, Another heard, movie I want to talk I've heard about. Napoleon's okay. I forgot to mention that. I also. Nolan is one of those directors that I don't, people haven't soured on him yet. Right. Because I think he actually. I heard Tenet is weird it. and like hard to hear, like the dialogue and everything. I haven't seen that one yet. Apparently. Yeah. But Oppenheimer was just real. It was, you know, I saw it in IMAX on seventy millimeter, the way in Christopher Nolan intended, right. and it, it was a really good time. And yeah, it's a dialogue heavy movie, but there's really great practical effect shots there. It's just a well made movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, I would recommend Oppenheimer. Another movie I saw that I forgot to mention was oh, Cocaine Bear came out this year <laughs> anyways uh-huh. yeah that's a, that's a fun one <laughs> but uh the new teenage uh the mutant ninja turtles movie right. mutant mayhem produced yeah. by seth rogan they got a bunch of actual teenager like young teenage kids to voice the turtles seth rogan's in it ice cubes in it i think michael sarah might have a part in it i don't know his buddies basically um <laughs> But a great movie. It's a you know, it's kind of got that Spider Verse style to it. But a lot of anime mo- movies will do that now. Puss in Boots did it, and it did it well. And the new Ninja Turtles movie, not as much a surprise. I knew I was gonna have a fun time. I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan. I was gonna have fun with it, whether it was good or not. Right? Just because I like Ninja Turtles, even though the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles are horrifying, uh, <laughs> and I I refuse to. But me and me mayhem was a lot of fun, and I, I I just want to give that one a quick shout out. If you want a fun animated movie that you don't have to think much about, but it's a fun love letter to uh, one of our favorite franchises, then go for it. Um, also, I would like to mention Evil Dead Rise that came out this year. Right, it's really cool. Um, it it's an Evil Dead movie, but it's its own movie. Like it's 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 in the universe. There's very slight references to the previous movies and to Bruce Campbell, but it's its own Evil Dead movie. It's in L.A. and High Rise on a rainy night. And uh, uh, the actress, I mean, they all ham it up and it's a fun, gory mess, right? So I'd recommend that one. Uh, Um, But my favorite movie of the year. Yeah. It's Really close between Oppenheimer and another film. And the other film is Godzilla Minus One. Right. 
that's I. You know what? When you asked me about surprises, I could have included this one because the the main thing that surprised me was just how goddamn good this movie was. Yeah. It, I I knew I had it. I didn't think it was gonna be bad, right? I I thought it was gonna be a cool Godzilla movie, um, but uh, the more press I saw from and you know trailers I saw, it's like yeah, Jap Toho making a you know, Godzilla movie again, Japanese Godzilla movie, and damn, if not, it's a good movie. It's just a good movie. Um, <laughs> You could go and yeah, uh, directed by Takashi uh, Yamazaki. He did an amazing job. So it's, I mean, uh, currently Godzilla minus one on Rotten Tomatoes is sitting at both the critic and audience score are at ninety eight percent. Yeah, it, that's it, and it deserves it. Yeah. It deserves it. Honestly, it. You could go in being a diehard versus Rebel Godzilla Moon is sitting at twenty four percent and sixty two percent. Well, the Snyder fans help it score, but um, yeah, but Godzilla minus one. If you go into it as a Godzilla fan, you'll be rewarded, of course. But if you go into it only just knowing what Godzilla is, just being a casual, you know, right? Maybe you've seen a couple of American ones. It's gonna blow your mind because mm -hmm. not only it's the best God. Well, it's a whole discussion, but I can. Honest, honest down to my heart, say that it, yeah, it's the best Godzilla movie because it's a good movie otherwise. Like, there's a lot of movies you go into, like with Godzilla, like Godzilla versus Khan. Yeah, it's a stupid, but honestly, like with the new American with the legendary Godzilla movies, I love that they're just redoing the Showa era where it's just crazy where you have a bunch of monsters fighting each other and there's little to no plot and it's just monsters fighting each other, right? Mm -hmm. And they do it well. But Godzilla minus one gives us this uh, historical drama, you know, look, you know, looking at post-World War II Japan and after all the bombings, after nuclear bombs are dropped in Nagasaki, Nagasaki and Hiroshima, and then Godzilla shows up and <laughs> but it has that character drama, the emotional story there, the emotional core where Godzilla isn't the only isn't the only thing you care about. Like you're not just sitting in the movie waiting for Godzilla to show up again because that's why you're there. No, you're just enjoying the movie. You're enjoying the dialogue. You're enjoying the characters. It It's filmed well. And and yeah, when Godzilla does show up, He's a huge threat. He's not just a a cartoon. He's this horrible uh, force of nature, right? Yeah. And that's what he should be. And yet, I I couldn't recommend it anymore. Godzilla minus one. Uh, Jeremy Johns rated it as second on his list. He had it beating out Oppenheimer. Nice. For me, man... I think it's right there with Oppenheimer. It's hard to put it above it, but it, I, I can't really say it's any worse. I think in terms of just pure enjoy, you know, just like awe and enjoyment, I would probably put Godzilla minus one over it just because I'm a, a, a big Godzilla fan. But yeah. 
Otherwise, if you're not a Godzilla fan, I would say it is at least as good as Oppenheimer, right? Nice. Um, And from what I've heard, yeah, they, you know, they hint at it in the movie a little bit, but they, yeah, they eventually plan on doing sequels. This is their new Godzilla franchise with Toho, but they don't plan on doing one in a rush. They don't plan on doing it just for the sake of it. And uh, yeah, it's made a $15 million budget. And the director said, oh, I wish we had that much. And it's made close to a hundred million worldwide. Damn. That's insane. You know, they're definitely going to do more, but I, I have faith that the next one is going to be at least maybe not better, maybe not, but hopefully not worse. But you know, I, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. And yeah, but otherwise, if they do nothing with it, if it's just a standalone Godzilla movie, well, good for it because it captures the spirit of the original and modernizes it. But it, it you know, it has that same emotional pull as the original. Yeah, couldn't recommend any more. One of my favorite movies of the year ever. Fuck yeah. I mean, yeah. So I want to, I mean, we're going to, I'm going to want to talk about some video games before we end off. Here. Yeah. But yeah. real fast, real fast, let's talk about some of the TV shows for the year. I think, I think there's not a ton to say that we haven't said on the podcast, either on this podcast or over on Morning Oddities, but let's go over some of them. Um, let's see here. Let's see. So 2023 TV shows. Haven't watched it, but have you watched uh, The Last of Us? I have. Definitely recommend it. A great video game adaptation. Nice. Pedro Pascal. I mean, what else could you ask for? The internet's dad. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Last of Us. um, Ahsoka was this year. Yeah, and I enjoyed it as a Star Wars fan. Is it one of the best shows I've ever seen? No, but it, it's a great Star Wars show. Um, I know my favorite show of the year, uh, season two came out this year, uh, but I also discovered it this year is um, Our Flag Means Death on uh, Taika Watiti on HBO. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. Uh, what else came out this year? Uh, Loki, season two. Right. Yeah, Loki season two was honestly aside from across Spider-Verse, that was probably Marvel's best thing. Nice. But yeah. Um well, you don't to... count Marvel. I don't know. Yeah, Loki season two was great. Um I saw some of Secret Invasion. <laughs> wow. I nice. didn't even bother with that one. Uh I I, I thought like... it was gonna be cool, right? I, like I thought it was going to be like a Winter Soldier-esque. With um, Disney Plus shows, I like to wait until the end until it's all out and binge it. And I was told by everyone, right. don't even fucking bother. Including myself. Yeah. I watched like four episodes. I bailed on the last few because, yeah, it, it was just going nowhere. It was bad. Um, I would also recommend Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, for more yeah. Godzilla content. It's a Godzilla renaissance, isn't it? Um, that's with Kurt Russell... <laughs> 
And his son, Wyatt Russell, they play the same character in different time periods. Right. And yeah, Godzilla shows up. It's uh, it's not necessarily a prequel. It's not necessarily a sequel. It's just a story set within the MonsterVerse, within Legendary MonsterVerse. Yeah, and uh, kind of fills in some blanks. It's just cool. It's just fun. You know, you get nice. more Godzilla action. You get more monsters. Um, What else could you ask for? Yeah, Kurt Russell. No, good stuff. Um, I would also, yeah, the latest season of what we do in the shadows came out this year. I think right. season four. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, what if season two came out just recently? Just and they I released have... like one episode a day. I I've seen a few of the it. episodes. Um, it's fine. It's all right. I mean, I think what's cool about it, though, this run around, there's less episodes that are just like, oh, the movie. What if something happened in the movie different? No, it's like a whole other thing. Like each of the episodes feel like their own story, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, another one I would recommend didn't come out this year, but I just started to get into it. Actually, the morning show. Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, mm. Steve Carell, um, lots of other people. Um, it's just kind of this dramatic comedy about a morning news show like Good Morning America and like all the drama behind it and allegations and it's a dramedy, but it's a it's a it's a good one. And Steve Carell gets to there's a lot of Michael Scott type moments in there, which is nice. pretty good. Nice. Um, as far as other shows, I, I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff I've seen that I just don't remember. Yeah. But if I didn't write it down, it wasn't significant. Right. (laughs) Anyway, I just thought we should bring that up. Let's, let's move on to the next video game. I actually want to talk about video games. So Uh, it was a huge year. Yeah. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, the box. I mean, game in here. I mean, mm-hmm. we've talked about it. One of the best CRPGs I've ever played. I think most people would say that. Larian uh-huh. Studios, you nailed it. It just feels like D&D. It is, and right? And I can't wait to play it more. Yeah. Um, and we definitely got to play it with uh, our old buddy Cheese. Yes. He has um, been playing it now. All right. Yeah, and we should do our own campaign, a multiplayer campaign. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could continue to one we started, or we could start fresh. I, I mm-hmm. don't care either way. Um, um. So yeah, just get that out of the way. Yeah, Baldur's Gate three. Um, other ones. <laughs> There's a lot of so other ones. the first game in the year that like I played was Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, that was pretty early. We've like, not talked February? about that much since it came out. No, no, um, we haven't. For good reason. I don't think there's much to say, but it, so recently, well, I guess so when it came Switch out, port came out. What? Yeah. And they made it work somehow. I mean, they split up. It's not like a full open world in the Switch version. It's like, oh, really? Little world cells. It's weird how they made, but they, they did somehow make it work, um, <laughs> which is impressive, I guess wouldn't ever want to play that version of the game but i suppose 
you know, credit to where credit is due. Um, well, when it first came out, I enjoyed it and I played it. I played maybe 30 or so, 30, 40 hours of it, something like that. And then I fell off of it for two reasons. One, because Tears of the Kingdom Repetitive. came out. Well, that, yeah. Um, and also, it is a game where it's like, I think the biggest draw of the game is the sort of magic of experiencing the Harry Potter world. You have and to really once, care about it. Once you get bored of that, there's not much the game has. It's off, a very samey. It, it's not yeah. bad. It's fine. I like the combat. It's, you know. Um, but the but game I, design and it's. It feels repetitive. I tried recently to re-download it and play it again. And really couldn't get back into it. I just, I think once that sort of magic of the Harry Potter universe wore off, um, even starting a new save game like file just doesn't. Like you buy into it. Yeah. Um, let's see. And then Tears of the Kingdom came out. Um, that is. Equal to Breath of the Wild. It's more Breath of the Wild, but better. Um, that's an understatement. I uh, go back and forth on whether it's that or Baldur's Gate 3 for my personal game of the year. Um, I agree with the game of the year award that Baldur's Gate 3 does deserve it. But for my just my personal experience and and enjoyment of the games, Baldur's Gate 3 is so is one of the best RPGs ever made, but Tears of the Kingdom I've put over a hundred hours into. And I oh, really, not, I, it's and been I, a while since like getting back. And to I have not beaten the game yet, even. Yeah, yeah, it's a big um, game. <laughs> I and I only realized um, that recently, where I, I, I was looking through my switch on my switch through the settings where you can see how many hours you've played on stuff because I was right. re-downloading some stuff and uh, I, I had, I was like, wow, that many hours in that, jeez. <laughs> um. <laughs> um and then also Resident Evil 4 remake. Love it. Mm -hmm. It's a, just a damn good rendition of that game. Looks great. Plays great. Yeah. Can't complain about it. Great remake. Um, Diablo 4 was one of my favorite games of the year. Mm -hmm. Then they quickly, quickly got ruined <laughs> by Blizzard's... Uh, pay to win platform mm -hmm. <laughs> essentially that's what they did and um they completely ruined the meta and like discovering loot and everything they and did the, damn i really loved it but my understanding is by greed they did the opposite of so back i think it was 2018 shadow of war uh came out and i remember that game was just egregiously pay to win microtransactions and they took all the content out and had to rebalance the right. entire game to get it to work and i feel like the opposite happened with diablo 4 yeah diablo 4 started out as an incredibly well done action rpg well balanced good yeah, loot they they not yeah, only felt like you had a complete package to it, i was extremely then... satisfied i was like oh the only stuff you pay for is cosmetic okay that's fine yeah well, they, they added and all then, the pay to win shit and then rebalanced the game yeah. for the pay to win stuff. 
Yeah. Which is pretty Yeah, so that they got pretty bad. Um another one and then around the same time um one that I played a lot and I intend on finishing <laughs> Final Fantasy 16. Mm-hmm. Great game. I, I I think it's a great action RPG. I love the score and the epicness and you know the grand scale of everything. It feels like Games of Thrones, but it's still anime. You know, nice. and that's a lot of fun. A great combat. Some of the best like action RPG combat I've experienced. Yeah, I, I have a lot of fun with that. Armored Core Six, mm-hmm. another one I played. Uh, beat the story once. Still got to do the other endings and whatever and. Just, Tinkering mechs. I, I've spent so many forgotten hours just tinkering mechs in that game. Um, and then when you actually get into it and play it, it's a lot of fun. But then you're like, oh, I, I could optimize this better. I could use a different shoulder cannon or a different plasma sword. Or oh, maybe I'll just drop this weapon. It, it, there's a lot of time that you could spend just editing and creating your mech. But that's yeah. fun. It, it doesn't feel boring when you're doing that. It, it, yeah, it's a great... Um, <laughs> action a great mech game right uh from software and it's good seeing them do a different game after riding on so many souls games uh speaking of souls likes i intend on getting it fairly soon because i've heard a lot of good things about it it's on sale i i wish it was on a better sale but honestly it seems like it's worth the price in full liza p mm-hmm yeah, I've heard. It's I heard really that's a good. damn good Souls like. I heard yeah. it's the closest you'll get the Bloodborne on PC, and um, <laughs> you play as Pinocchio and you find a bunch of weird. <laughs> yeah, I've heard monstrosities. It's remarkably um, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like a great Souls like. Um, uh, let's see. Starfield came out this year. I played that. Yeah, and you've played that. I haven't played it. Yet. Um, it's. Okay. Looking on Steam's reviews, it's mixed now. Yeah. So I heard there was these modders that were the same modders that did multiplayer Skyrim were trying to do it with Starfield at first. mm -hmm. But then I heard they got bored of it. There's a lot of problems with the engine, how it was built. That's been um, making modding difficult, apparently. Uh, hopefully Bethesda right. can fix some of those things. I don't know. I guess I guess we've talked about I've talked about it on the podcast before. I think over on Morning Oddities. So if you want a more more on that, go listen to Morning Oddities. But um, when the there's when the game came out, there were a bunch of really positive reviews, and the w- reviews kind of just got worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And I think the reality is it is somewhere in the middle. I think. It is, there is a fun game in there, but a lot of the criticisms people have are true. It's, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a game uh, that, know, um, knowing that it was an eight years in development, mm-hmm. and that's their new IP. It's a game that, and that it feels um, so old, and that it's loading screens. It, it, the loading you screens don't get to explore. are pretty bad. It's, I mean, if you play it as like an RPG, not as an exploration game. It's a lot of fun. And I, from playing it, I get the impression that Bethesda intended it for it to be an RPG first 
and not really an exploration game. And then at some point, very late in development, switched gears, at least in the marketing, to be like, this needs to be a space exploration game. And they right. tried to shove some stuff in there to make it feel like that. Well, I when, heard you you explore like big get, barren wastelands. Yeah. And you have to walk the whole time and like apparently Bethesda's uh, working on some some thing for I that. don't know. I don't know. I'm not trying to hate on a game you you own and that you've yeah. played. But I have no interest in getting it actually. I mean, I'm just going to ride the wave until mm -hmm. Elder Scrolls 6 comes out. Yeah. And even um, then, I don't even know if I'm interested. What, what, because... what I mean, my, my general point though is um, there's a lot of negative reviews of it. The negative reviews all have good points, but I don't think it's a bad game. Is so, it, it, I mean, do I recommend it? Maybe not. Maybe like until you know, until you maybe watch a lot of gameplay of it and decide whether or not you actually are interested, do not do not buy it just because you know you read a couple of decent reviews or anything like that. Um don't not buy it just because you read a couple bad reviews. Exactly. Yeah. It's I think some some of the bad reviews there's been a lot of Exaggerate. YouTube videos with thumbnails that say, you know, but uh uh that have just like these uh, claims about Starfield of like this is yeah uh Bethesda really fucked up on this one and why Fair Starfield enough. is the worst RPG of our generation. It's not. It's not the worst. It's well, fine. It's a fine game. Came out the also... same year and relatively a month close to Baldur's Gate 3. It was mm -hmm. never gonna win that battle. No it's, game was gonna win the battle. It's other developers perfectly... said we're not is this gonna be the standard for our games? No. Yeah. It's a perfect uh, here here's how I'll put it. It's a perfectly decent game but it does need the cyberpunk treatment a bit right and the fact that it was not nominated for a single award at the game of the years i understand yeah it's yeah um but it's it's okay um another um, one that i feel is kind of similar I, I don't think quite as marred as starfield like I think more people like it, you know, more people think it's just a good game, but like Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Really good game. Played it safe. Very safe sequel. And also, I just want to mention, uh, I'm so sorry about what the Insomniac developers and their team is going through after a huge hack. Oh, um, right, right. Yeah. Not only game information and leak data leaks were revealed, but uh, personal information uh, was leaked and i'm so sorry for that going on just want to say that but spider-man 2 you played it safe but still an amazing game i mean people trying to hate on it so hard are really just you know being dicks about it still mm. a really good game yeah did it really do anything revolutionary did it really feel like a uh, standalone thing, no, but you know, you get to play as Spider Man, you, you get to play as Peter and Miles, and that's fun. And the swinging is good, and it's better. But is it so much better where it feels like a new thing? No, and they added the wingsuit, and that's fun. I mean, you honestly, get to play as Venom, though, and I've that's awesome. I've heard and... it's really good. The only negative things I've heard about it 
are basically that it played a little safe. And honestly, is that the worst thing you can say about a game that it played ab- safe? Absolutely not. Hell I no. Mean, um, and uh, I'd rather it play it safe than swing for defenses and miss, right? Uh, yeah. Um, and people got a kick out of um, the Spider-Man fans uh, freaking out because it didn't win game of the year. Which was pretty funny, but um, never would. In the fact, whole, the whole. Tell to me, be honest, tell, tell me that you only that you didn't play any. I of the don't other think games. any other games. I think the only game that stood a chance, a fighting chance against Baldur's Gate Three, was Tears of the Kingdom, and even yeah. that was an uphill battle. Yeah. So don't give me, oh, my game didn't make game of the year. I'm gonna cry. No, Baldur's Gate Three was just amazing. There's nothing. I mean. Sorry, but yeah, Spider-Man Two, great stuff, and in the leaks apparently, yes, Venom is gonna supposedly come out in 2025. It's gonna be a standalone spinoff game, which I'm excited. They leaked playable versions, betas of the Wolverine game, which is really shitty to do. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna look at it. Um, and what's so funny though, there's people that have seen gameplay of like their developer early versions of the game right not even pre-alpha like developer versions of the wolverine game saying oh this looks just like another god of war like wow it's not even pre-alpha it's literally just started and you're trying to hate on it's like hating on a pizza it's like hating on a pizza when you just get the dough rolled out yeah right it's like oh that looks like a terrible pizza no, you got to see the complete product first. Right. Um, and I'm super hyped for the Wolverine game, knowing that it's going to be like a linear God of War style game. That's exactly cool. what it should be. Yeah. I, I hate this whole thing where like people think it has to be open world now. That's such a casual, basic thing to think. I love um, a well-made open world game, but right. some there's plenty of games that are open world that probably shouldn't be. Uh yeah. Uh, uh definitely. Um but yeah, but, Spider-Man 2 was yeah. great stuff. I mean, there's nothing anyone really hating on it is just wasting their time because it's still a really good game. And yeah, they made some goofs. Um a big goof they made was they used the Cuban flag instead of the freaking flag. Right, right. In Miles apartment. And then also I heard in the Spanish language of the game, they don't use any of the masculine or feminine uh, congregations like Una or Uno or Senor or Senora. Huh. They try to keep it gender neutral, but that's just grammatically incorrect for Spanish mm-hmm. to have everything gender neutral. Yeah. So I heard that was a big oopsie, but like yeah. and on purpose. Anyways, that was good. Uh, um... Another one. I this game didn't come out in 2023, but I just want to give it a shout out because I'm fucking enjoying it. It's amazing. I got it on the Switch. Um, Hades. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I got it on sale. It was on sale for twelve bucks or twelve nice. fifty, and then nice. I used some points and I got it for like seven bucks. Oh yeah, uh, Christmas Day. <laughs> and wow, just an amazing roguelike action RPG. I mean, I love roguelikes. Those are one of my favorite games now, especially when you don't have time to put into like a big 
open world RPG. You just want to play some games. Roguelikes do so well. And Hades, the art style, the music, the combat, just everything about that game is just a fucking 10. Yeah. Definitely nice. recommend Hades. Speaking of roguelites, though. Yeah. God of War released a free update for uh, God of War Ragnarok. Right. Yeah. Which gives you a roguelike game. Uh, you go to Valhalla and you fight through a roguelite and you die every time you get better materials just like a roguelite and it's uh, oh, yeah. really good I've been playing that um, another good game that I've personally played I mentioned Fallout oh yeah Super Mario Brothers Wonder I mean it's just mm -hmm. more Mario I mean it's just a really damn good Mario platformer you know it, it's exactly what we needed but no one was crying about yeah, Super Mario Wonder. Also on the remakes uh, page, so yeah, Resident Evil Four. Not only just a good remake, just a fucking good remake. It's just it's the best way to play that game now. It's the only way you should play that game. Yeah, it, it's just amazing. <laughs> uh, Dead Space remake, right. great stuff. Mm -hmm. I I still got to play more of that. I I got more into Resident Evil Four just because. Generally, I think it's more action-packed. I don't know. It's just a fun game. Uh, yeah. But also, Super Mario RPG. I got it for free. Nice. I got one of those redeem tokens. It was a deal where I bought Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and then I got a redeem token for another game, and I pre-ordered Mario mm. RPG. And holy shit. Nice. Not only does that remind me how good that game was, but just the art direction and the style and the cinematics on the Switch... It reminds me that the Switch can still do boundary pushing cinematics in their games. Yeah. And yeah. just great stuff. I, I, I love it. I, I mean, great, great. Uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage came out this year. It's fine. Um, I have it. I own yeah. it. I need to play more. It's not anything to write home about, but it's nothing to bitch about. It's a good Assassin's Creed game, you know, kind of back to basics. It, it still has those. It's still on the Valhalla or what I forget what the engine is called, but it still mm -hmm. has that core to it. But they try yeah. to take away all the RPG elements, but it's still there. They just don't have any of the numbers in the UI, but it's still there. But it plays more like a classic Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. Which I respect. Yeah. Um, I'm waiting for, I don't know. It's. Thank you. I, I would like them to release it on Steam. It's, it's exclusive to the Epic Game Store on PC, which is stupid. Um, right. <laughs> uh, did you play Jedi Survivor? No, I have not. I would uh, like to I play think... that game, but I hear it still has some performance. I think the bad issues. performance reviews on PC, and I even heard that it wasn't the best out of the gate on like PS5. Yeah. That just kind of. I've heard my that hype. if you can get past the performance stuff, it's pretty good. But, um, yeah. No, but when I'm spending um, that much money on the game. This year, so Cyberpunk 2077, uh, CD Projekt Red released DLC. their DLC and the 2.0 update, which is, I mean, honestly, it's 100 times better than it was at launch, both performance and and gameplay wise, they've they've rehaul like overhauled 
the how progression works in it. They've overhauled systems like how the right. how the police work. The driving is all different. Um, it's a lot better than it was at launch. Yeah. Um, worth checking out. Yeah, again. I, I'm gonna get in Cyberpunk again. Yeah. Um, another remake. I forgot to mention. I played the demo. Definitely want to get it and play it uh, sometime soon. But System Shock. Oh right, right. Uh, remake mm-hmm. by Night Dive Studios. I, I that's one of those games on Steam I've had on my wish list and I should have gotten by now, but you know other games came in the way. Um, but definitely um, looks good. Yeah. Um, Another thing that happened. Now this, let's talk about this the year was <laughs> is at the beginning of the year, but the um, again with uh, CD Projekt Red as uh, they released a next gen update for The Witcher Three with a bunch of. A bunch yes, of improvements, a free upgrade. Um, graphical improvements, um, gameplay stuff. Uh, you can cast signs. You have the bottle opener. Um, uh, with a quick uh, menu, like with, uh, it's really really nice. Um, and CG, CD Projekt Red has announced recently that this coming year they are going to be releasing um, official modding tools for The Witcher Three. Thank you. Um, so, which is, which is cool. I just think it's fun to kind of point out that CD project red, uh, you know, a couple still supporting years... such an old game. Well, a couple years ago, they were like the uh, talking point for, uh, shitting on a game developer and they have started to weasel their way back into the good grace of games a little bit. Um, well, CD which, Projekt Red has proved cool. that even the best can fall. Yeah, but it's how you get up. They right? they they <laughs> made they they made a mistake <laughs> with when they put out Cyberpunk. Well, I don't um, even think it was the developers person personally. I think it was the big suits mm-hmm. pushing the game to yeah. release sooner and sooner. Yeah, they made a mistake with that, and they the company has uh, tried to make up for it, which is cool. Uh, let's talk about. What what is your personal game of year? Is it Tears of the Kingdom? It is between Tears of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate three. I it's I mean Baldur's really Gate tough. three is like the basic bitch thing to say, right? Of course it's amazing, right? But but it is I amazing. think for me yeah. though, <laughs> it's for me personally, like I what I've actually played the most and like put in my time, it's either Armor Core Six or Final Fantasy. Honestly, I know. I would say the one that surprised me the most, which you know gets high points, would be Final Fantasy sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've had you know Spider Man two, amazing story, great combat, great ex, you know, the swinging in those games is still one of the best transportation uh, you can have in a game right mm-hmm. um and it's just one of those games i can just play casually just for a little bit swing a bit beat up some guys call it a day um but yeah Baldur's Gate 3 i'm gonna have to give the Baldur's Gate 3 i know that's basic but yeah. that game it's not that i had i already had high expectations for it but I've only been recently into CRPGs and like uh, top-down games and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And Baldur's Gate three just 
blew it out of the water for me. I, I just got to play more of it. But there's a lot of good games. I, I guess my personal standout, though, would probably be Armored Core 6 because I did put a fucking ton of time into that. Um, over 50 hours, which isn't a lot compared to most people, but I also have a life and I also have to work and I also like doing things. Um, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think those are all great games we've talked about. Let's talk about the bad ones because that, that's that's fun to make fun of, right? So on Reddit, on r slash video games, of course. Yeah. The worst game in 2023, they put it to a vote. Um, here's the standouts, and honestly, I think these are the ones we should talk about anyways. We talked about a couple of these. Um, Skull Island, Rise of Kong. Have you seen gameplay of that? I have. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what, what, what's so great about it, though? It's not like it necessarily a broken game. It's just a bad game game just a cheap cheaply made terrible game uh lord of the rings golem we've talked about that on morning oddities yeah <laughs> that is a broken and terrible game that seemed to be genuine like it they cared about it but that that's what makes it even worse like they acted like they cared about it so much but it just ended up being just the worst it's like you're given the rights to do anything in Lord of the Rings in the token IP and you choose to do a Gollum game and you can't even get that right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, bad. Uh, another one on here that has a good amount of votes is Redfall. I talked about it a bit. Yeah. Bethesda produced Arcane Studios um open world vampire kind of borderlands type thing my yeah my understanding all accounts i heard is terrible yeah my i've heard i've heard they actually have patched some stuff to make it more playable but it's still pretty bad um but all, all accounts i've heard of is that it's it was a game that was meant to be a like a live service Game. Right. Um uh and they abandoned that idea, but uh yeah. <laughs> and it still feels that way. Um next one though, I think this is the most egregious one because this one was the most hyped. I I remember even gamer gamer ranks talking about this game and how it could be potentially good uh the day before. Right, right. All the lights <laughs> turned off. Anyways, I'm in the door. Oh, there we go. Um, <laughs> the day before. It was kind of hyped up to be this Daisy type open world survival game. They hyped it up to be a MMO, big open world, hyper realistic, uh, you know. Um, everything was so generic in the way to describe it, though. So that was already raising red flags for me. It wasn't a game I was planning on buying or even relatively interested in. I was like, we've seen plenty of games like this. But a lot of mm -hmm. people thought it was going to be something. A lot of yeah. people bought it. Pre-ordered it. And yeah, the only credit I will give to their developers is that it was released in an alpha or pre-alpha state. It mm -hmm. said that on the store. Everything else, I think they're scammers. Yes. Well, because they they promoted it as something it's not even cl close to mm -hmm. and a massive 
Yeah, MMO, and um, and then they pretty much immediately after launching announced that the studio is shutting down. Yep. Um, everyone's getting their. We refunds. do not plan on updating this further. Yeah, you're gonna you're shut down. Yeah. Um, it's dead. This game's dead on arrival, and um, <laughs> let's just say it ended up being a really damn good. Uh, extraction shooter that's still false advertising because they never advertise it as so right yeah but didn't even end up being that it's it not a, even that it it's not even a good extraction, extraction shooter. shooter hell it's not even anything it's just bad it's not playable i i watched angry joe show and it's a 40 minute video of him mostly just falling out of the map or just getting kicked out of the <laughs> server <laughs> You know Angry Joe, right? Yeah. Great stuff. <laughs> I don't agree with everything he has to say, but great stuff. It's it's fun watching him rage. Um, but yeah, wow. Day before. I'm glad... Oh yeah, and Modern Warfare 3. That's another one. Not glitchy or released in a bad state, but I just heard by all accounts it's just a bad campaign. The multiplayer is mm -hmm. lazy. It's just a... $70 expansion pack. <laughs> I mean, literally. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Anything else, uh, in the other games here? Nah, not in particular. Yeah. Anyway, I think this episode's gone on long enough. We're yeah, tired. I think so. I'm tired and I'm ready to just uh, chill. I got to get to bed. Yeah. Anyways, we'll see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> and um, be sure to follow us at AdjunctPod on Insta Instagram. Give us a rating review on your platform of choice. Check out Morning Oddities. And um, yeah, we are going to be taking a break in January. But not really. Me and Colton are still going to be making content for this. Yeah. <laughs> That's the presumption, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, we are going to be taking a break in January. But get ready for more content in February. And we'll uh, get going uh, with uh, the next year. Yep. Um, Let's do it. Uh, check out Morning Oddities, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> See you later. This is not a test. I repeat this is not a test. The Odd Drunk Podcast recommends you follow their Instagram and join their Facebook group for more fun content. To visit all of our current streaming and social media platforms, visit the link tree in the description. If you enjoy the show, we would be appreciated it if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. The Odd Drunk Podcast would like to remind you to drink responsibly and not to drink and drive.